This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome back. Today, we're interviewing three spicy little Brits, sharing things that fill our hearts with joy. And reciting our favorite quotes from this year's sexiest conference, CPAC. This is The Boardroom. I'm Sarah. And I'm Rachel. Quick question. Israel or Palestine? Answer me. Quickly. Your webcam is on. Last week, we told British people to shut up. And you know, this podcast is um, global. We have an international reach. We have a huge, huge fan base. Absolutely huge. Um, And some of our British fans got, um, we ruffle their feathers, as they say. Um, Very common British saying. So today, we thought that it would only be fair if we let three British listeners have a chance to speak out and defend themselves. And our last, our last listener, that's going to be a little surprise for the people that um, yeah. listen to wh- however long these interviews take. You know the British. True. They stay around for a while. Just ask Indians. <laughs> yeah, they, they conquer. They don't know when to leave. True. But our first guest has finally arrived, and I could tell from um, the stench. And <laughs> this man is from... A part of England that is still technically a feudal society. So I want all of you guys to welcome Grimace. Hello. Hello, Grimace. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm you know I'm from from Great Britain. You know, so it's a pretty pretty great place. I mean, it's in the, it's in the bloody name, so it's pretty great to be from Britain. You know, I just want to come on here, save my little my little spiel for you all. All your, all your bloody listeners. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. I see that you have brought us um, an English delicacy of fish and chips. Yeah, that's right. And from the looks of it, I feel like it, this was actually made in England and you brought it over. Yeah. Yeah, it's real soggy right now. Mm. It's basically a big pile of mush, but, you know, we, we Brits love mush. I can see. You know, I eat a big bowl of baked beans every morning for breakfast, so... And that is disgusting. So gross. I see that the newspaper the food is wrapped in is from 92. Um, that makes me a little bit concerned, but intrigued. Yeah, I, uh, I'm still a little, little rough feelings about the whole Brexit thing. I'm not a big Boris fan, so I kind of... Kind of like to think I'm in the past still. Brexit. Okay, so Brexit. What is that exactly? I saw a headline that was about it, and I was like, "Sounds like a candy bar." Yeah. I want to. I want to bite into that, um, but I am ignorant. So um, please enlighten me. Well, it's uh, it's basically a little cheeky combination of the words "exit" in Britain. So clever. And that's about all I've gotten so far. It took me about three weeks to figure that out. I mean, listen, 
I'm just realizing what it means. So I, I feel like you shouldn't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Um, are you guys still pissed about 1776? I mean, okay. We come over here, uh-huh. right? We take over. Yeah. I mean, because, of course, we have the most power. That's the thing we, we do. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people can't just accept it. Britain's Britain first, you know, UK first. The whole thing should be the top. So I don't understand why, you know, you Americans, you call yourselves these winners, these patriots. Doesn't make sense to me. We're the original patriots, all right? We're the ones that bleed red. We're the red coats. I was actually a part of a part of the Revolutionary War, so it kind of takes a personal sting on me. I've seen some of those uh, depictions of the Revolutionary War, yeah. and I... <laughs> I wasn't going to say that I recognized you in the back with a little bayonet and your sort of almost, it looked like a deformed hand, Um, Mm -hmm. but I do recognize you. Mm. I'm glad that you just confirmed you were there. Yeah. Um, What was it like killing um, my fellow countrymen? Well, it felt good. I mean, I don't think it's too crazy for me to say it felt good, you know? No, you you shouldn't apologize. That's an alpha move. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it made me a great soldier. Made me a great fighter, so I think, I think I I can uh, I can consider myself a hero, and I'm not ashamed to say that. I think I'm a British hero. England should be thankful for me. England should probably put me in the museums that we have here, just like a little cardboard cutout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a cutout where my face is, so then you know oh, all the put, all the great. tourists can put their face in yeah. there because it's in honor of you. But no one will know who you are because there's no way to identify you. Exactly. I um, am assuming that after you went back home, after that grueling fight mm-hmm. that you were rewarded with, um, I mean, what I'm assuming is how they compensate um, all British fighters and workers with with some sort of variation of a, a pie with meat in it. Yeah. Some sort of uh, disturbing concoction of bread <laughs> uh, and beans um, what did you get? What 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 did they um, dump in your trough? Yeah, well, we basically each got sort of a small bucket. Okay. But like one of those cool, like collapsible ones that you can like take when you go camping and Ooh, stuff. Okay. So we got we each got one of those. We each sort of pop it out as tall as it can get, and then we stick it out. And then the queen just sort of you know mommy birds us the beans that she ate, and she just kind of went down the line, mm. gave us our little serving. But then for me, especially like I think here in America, you all have like the presidential medal of freedom and, you know, a purple heart, all those things like that. But for for me, sometimes sort of a British war hero, they actually gave me a new set of teeth because before I only actually had six of my teeth left. But now I have a full set of dentures and they're real great for, for slurping down all the baked beans that I eat, all the full English breakfast that I fix. That is so considerate. Yeah. That's so considerate. And I bet you that those teeth belonged to a former person who was in the royal family. That's how much they care about you. <laughs> yeah. They're willing to give you their rotting body parts they don't need anymore. Exactly. Heroes, I'll say. It was lovely talking to you, Grimace. Yeah. Uh, well, not lovely, but, you know, it filled time. So I would like to thank you very much um, yeah. for coming here. And we want to give you a little, a little gift to uh, bring back to your 
hut or wherever it is you live, um, mm-hmm. this custom American flag. It's the same colors, same stripes and shapes, except it's got um, a portrait of Abraham Lincoln with two hot babes at his side. Mm. Um, and Martha sort of, in the, no, not Martha. What's What was the name of his wife? Martha was George Washington's wife. Anyway, the woman who was married to him is sort of off in the distance. Mary Todd. I believe her name's Mary Todd. That's correct. Thank you so much. Um, wow, it's a shame that you know that and I don't. I guess that makes me kind of a, an American hero as well as a British one. Or that just means that you um, have a, an encyclopedic knowledge of MILFs. Anyway, she's in the background devastated. Mm. But Abraham Lincoln doesn't care because he's got a giant gun and that's not a euphemism. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> and that's the flag. And I'm going to require you to hang it up in your house. Yeah. Somewhere where people who come into it will be able to see it. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for giving me you know, the platform to sort of stand up for the UK, stand up for Great Britain, stand up for my my hometown of England. I really appreciate it. I hope, you know, all of your listeners can see us in a positive light. Okay, well, that was um, that was not our intention, but thank you for thinking that that will happen. Um, you can find your way out, honestly. All right. Cheerio. See you, love. Bye. Wow, he was nice. Wow, yeah, he was really nice. I kind of liked him. He seemed a little arrogant, but overall not bad. Listen, we neg people here, but only British people because we're patriots and we love our country. Um, Also, I just need an excuse to be rude to people and feel good about it. (laughs) Yeah. That guy, not going to lie, real class act. Mm -hmm. The next woman... That we have, well, the next person, she happens to be a woman this time. Yeah. Who um, has decided to grace us with her presence. Yeah. She's a little intimidating. Yeah. I'll be honest, when we saw her before in our green room, yes, we do have a green room, which is a really big production here. Mm, yeah. When we saw her earlier, I, I'll admit I'm a little scared. I think she's going to sort of have a lot to say. I think she's going to sort of come in, big, big attitude, big personality, but I'm excited for her. I think she's going to be fun. That's true. And that's mainly because we can hear her from the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's been very loud this entire time. Yeah. But this room is soundproof. True. Um, and what is her name again? I think you have the info about her. Yes, her name is Crystal. And she actually single-handedly brought syphilis back to her hometown. So I think, uh, Crystal, come on out, sweetie. Hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was in the hallway. They were like, you can't go in yet. Got to wait for your queue. Oh, Yeah. Thanks so much, Crystal. We really appreciate you coming on here, you know, sort of getting your your little piece on our show. You know, I know we were making fun of British people last time, but we hope, you know, we can uh, show off that the UK has a lot to offer. You got some good people there. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I'm really glad, really glad, sorry. <laughs> I drank a little before I came <laughs> yeah. here. Um, I'm just, like, really glad that I can be sort of a positive role model um, and representative for England and prove that, you know, you can be from Essex and not be a slag. You can be just sort of like a regular whore, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a very noble, very noble cause you have. Yeah, um, I do support um, sluts' rights. I think it's really important. I think that I just want to put that out there. I love you girlies. Um, Keep working them streets. You keep the clear heel industry alive. And I'm really glad because that's my line of business. 
Oh, really? I make sh- I make shoes for slats. Oh, that's very fun. Very lucrative business, I will say. Like, <laughs> you know, we've got to wear shoes. That's true. And trust me, they do get worn down. Um, what else was there? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I almost forgot. Um, I can finally say this because um, contractually speaking, I'm allowed to talk about this publicly. Mm. Um, but I am going to be... On the next season of uh, this Love Island, you know Love Island, the reality yeah. show. Yeah, big fan. I'm going to be on the next season of the spin-off of Love Island, and it's called Horny Peninsula. Oh wow, that's very exciting! A nice boardroom exclusive here yeah, from that's right. Crystal. Thank you. I know it's going to be real mental. We thought about doing it in Florida mm. because, I mean, check check, <laughs> yeah. it meets both the criteria. Yeah, but it was um, oddly too rancid. I think we went there and we sort of interacted with everyone and the producers were like, sorry, babes, but compared to the average citizen of this state, it's like, you guys look like nuns. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't exciting. Yeah. It wasn't juicy. So now I guess we're going to find some sort of repressed peninsula, probably somewhere in like Southeast Asia. Mm. They got peninsulas there, right? Yeah, I think so. Does India count? <laughs> no, it's too big. <laughs> Never mind. So I think... Crystal, you know, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. When you came in, I was a little sort of taken aback. I was a little, you know, intimidated by you. You know, your full look. I've never seen like a 12-inch heel before. Like you're basically walking sort of only on your big toes yeah. when you came in. So that, I was definitely impressed by that. And you sort of have all the hair and the makeup going. That's right. So I guess just sort of talk to me about sort of your look. Sort of what's what's your whole vibe you're going for? Um. Well... I mean, first of all, thank you for noticing the shoes. It's incredibly painful. And I'm pretty sure if I keep this up, I'm going to have to get some of these babies amputated. Like, not all my toes are going to survive. We noticed sort of a trail of blood sort of throughout the hallway. So we we were definitely a little concerned about that. But glad to see, you know, you sort of still made it in. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just the price of beauty. Being on our toes 24-7, that's what we call an Essex point. Mm. You know what I mean? Point as in like ballet dancers. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry if that was like too um, too much of a cultured reference for um, you and your audience or whatever. But uh, the trail of blood that um, sort of lingers mm-hmm. um, is actually based, weirdly enough, I'm just continuing the tradition. There is an Essex version of Hansel and Gretel. Oh, wow. That is um, in which instead of leaving like breadcrumbs or whatever, the like, little German kids eat. Yeah. It's just a trail of blood. And the two kids, they're not children technically, they are teenagers. Mm. They follow it into the woods because, I mean, you see a trail of blood going into the woods in Essex, you're like, what's going on there? (laughs) There's a party. Things are fun, things are cracking, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Regarding the rest of my look, I I don't know if I can really say this, but my tan technically does constitute as blackface. And I found this out because I nearly got cancelled on Twitter for it. And then I had to be like, no, babes, this is my culture. This is what we all look like. Yeah. Um, sort of this weird shade of orange makes us look like a bunch of, like, sentient carrots. And if you make fun of that, you are being racist. Yeah. That's just a blanket mm-hmm. statement. I'm sorry, babes, but I'm reclaiming it. I'm reclaiming <laughs> the idea of being racist yeah. and it exclusively applies to... Overly tan white girls from Essex. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, claiming something that's not yours is definitely very British. So 
I feel like that that checks out. Absolutely, babes. That's right. Got that imperial blood in me. Yeah. Even though my ancestors were fully not allowed in the castle. I think we were the sort of people that like, do you know how they'd, they'd cut the heads off of people and put them on spikes? Yeah. A sort of surround, you know, like a moat or something. I'm pretty sure that was my family. Oh, wow. I've been told many times your head would look great on a spike. <laughs> and I'm like, that's just me. That's how you know you're beautiful. Yeah. It's weird though, because honestly, I used to be really insecure about my skin colour because I was so pale. But then there was this family that lived next door to me that turned yellow because the house was near this river that was contaminated. Mm. So they all sort of looked like the Simpsons. That's that's kind of fun though. A little jaundice is always silly. I didn't mean to bring up like my trauma. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, it really wasn't trauma for me. It was more... I found it funny. (laughs) I know that's mean. I found it very funny. It was bad for them because... They are no longer alive. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. You shouldn't be. They weren't cute. Yeah. You should have, you should have shown them your, your heels. That would have, that would have been a step up for them. I did leave a pair on their gravestones. Mm, How kind. (laughs) I mean, listen, they cost me like about $6 to make. And that's because I refuse to use child labor. Oh, very noble. I use elderly labor. Yeah. (laughs) Which is much better because it's like, well... They're going to die anyway. You might as well put them to work. Sorry, Nan, but she's got great nimble hands. Like, what am I going to do? True. I love family. Um, Yeah, do you have... My family actually... Oh, you were going to say, do I have a family? Unfortunately, yes. But I do have a recent addition to my family that was really unexpected. Wow. Right. Usually when there's someone new in our family, it was like, oh, does someone have like a shotgun wedding or find out that they had like a bastard child that lives on the shore yeah, um, and is reconnecting with them to sort of, you know, get all like those years of child support that were not paid. <laughs> but in my case, I gave birth. Oh. Which is like really weird. Wow, congratulations. That's exciting news. It was a bit of a surprise because like I didn't know that I was pregnant. Oh. I just sort of woke up and there was this like little fetus person sort of going through all of my things my fridge and he was taking like beers and things of that sort and I'm like um excuse me you gotta pay for that (laughs) and he turns around and he's like go back to sleep I'm gonna go back up your womb in about an hour or so (laughs) and I need me a snack wow so I guess I mean that was my first conversation with my son and um I love him more than anything in the world yeah very articulate for being so young he's very smart (laughs) I mean I used to listen to like a lot of podcasts like um that guy oh my god he's american i think he's like a senator or something his name is joe rogan oh yeah you're a joe rogan fan yeah i'm just like such an intellectual i love it when he gets people on i mean i'd blast it like you know when i'm showering doing whatever mm-hmm. so i think the baby probably like heard all oh. those intellectually stimulating conversations mm-hmm. picked up on it and then came out fully articulate yeah, I guess so. Instead of playing like Beethoven or classical music, mm-hmm. everyone should start playing Joe Rogan uh, when they're pregnant. Yes, it's essentially, it's it's Joe Rogan and Charlie XCX, <laughs> the only thing my baby has ever listened to. Wow. A little boom clap action. A boom clap interspliced with Joe Rogan. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, thank you so much for that insightful information, Crystal. Mm. That was that was fantastic well thank you for having me um it's a real nice place you got here no asbestos or anything like real fancy yeah so thank you again so much for joining us i will ask you do you know a good way to get 
the sort of large puddle of blood you just made in the in the carpet here in our studio? Do you have any any sort of cleaning advice for that? I mean, honestly, if I was just you, I'd sort of like scoop it up, put on it a little vase, wear it around your neck mm. for a cute accessory. I mean, you could use it for like blood libel or <laughs> witchcraft or whatever. Yeah. I mean, do what you want with it, honey. All right. But my policy regarding my blood is that technically, if it's outside of my body, it's no longer my problem, babes. Oh. So, um, okay. Yeah, I'm going to leave um, now. Okay. I guess we'll just have to re-carpet. All right. But Thank you. Thanks again for coming, Crystal, and best of luck for your baby, Joe Rogan. Thank you so much, babes. Bye, and um, good luck with your chemo or whatever <laughs> is making you look like that. Um, <laughs> bye. Wow. So she was um, interesting. She was sweet. Yeah. She was so nice. Um, I think so. Oh my god. They really are sending their best. Shout out to to Great Britain. Shout out to England. All those all those places. We're really going back and forth our opinions on this country. I mean, yeah. at this point it could go either way. Yeah, I was a little on the fence after Grimace, but now for talking to Crystal, I feel like I'm a fan. Exactly. I might be switching over. I mean, that voice like a siren. <laughs> yeah. Um we do have our final yes. our final guest. I'm so excited Huge. because this is also topical. Yeah. We're sort of like the new Oprah. In a way. Yeah. Except not new, but very old. Yeah. Um and not as like likable or um <laughs> not self-made. Yeah. But um this person, you you know her, of mm-hmm. course. She's the face of Great Britain. And I'd say she replaced Winston Churchill as being the face of Great Britain, and thank God, <laughs> because he was not photogenic. Yeah. Um, if you guys saw the interview with Meghan Markle and um, her husband, <laughs> uh, I don't know what his name is, with Oprah, yeah, a lot of a lot of comments were mm-hmm. made, a lot of allegations yeah. were thrown, and now we get to see the other side of the story. Yeah. So we are we are super excited. We were able to actually score. An interview with Her Royal Majesty, the Queen. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna bring her in now. So come on in, come on in, ma'am. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Oh yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. Hello. Hello. It's um, it's very very nice to meet you. It is an honor to sort of be in your presence, Miss Queen. What what is your preferred title? I mean, usually I go by um. Little Marco, but that's my street name. So I'd say you can call me, um, you can call me Lizzie. Oh, hello, Lizzie. And what should I call you, little boy? Oh, my, my name's actually Rachel. Oh, dear. Yeah? Anyway, you were about to ask me a question because I'm very important. Yes, you are, you know, you are very important. You know, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of hype about, you know, Oprah's interview. So we sort of wanted to bring you on, sort of see what's what's the other side of that coin. You know, what's the Tati to the James Charles, if you will? I, I don't know who those people are. Friends of yours, maybe. Certainly not people I'd be familiar with. Uh, well, I will have to admit I didn't watch the interview in full. I was given certain excerpts out of context um, by my assistant, um... Or as you might know him, Prince Charles. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would just like to make it very clear mm-hmm. that I'm not a racist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not a racist. I have not been a racist since 2007, and I think it's very offensive 
that Meghan Markle is accusing me of these things. So, so then you didn't have sort of any any concerns with how maybe the appearance of little baby Archie would be? Well, I mean, my concerns with the appearance, if anything, was that Prince Charles's genetics would sort of skip a generation <laughs> and pounce onto that innocent child yeah. who had done nothing, nothing to deserve looking like that sort of shriveled foreskin <laughs> that is my son, mm-hmm. who I love very dearly. But um, let's just say that um, in the looks department, there was Lady Diana, who is dead, ha. <laughs> and for a moment, there was Harry and the older one, William, sorry. My, my memory is, is going. I, I'm so old. I think I'm 157. Um, they were cute for a second, for a hot moment. Yeah. Princess Diana, as much as you know, she was an uppity little girl, <laughs> her genetics shined through and then at about... 30 years old, they decided to completely leave the premises when it came to Prince William. And I could see it happening with Harry. Mm. So my concern, if anything, was not that the child would be too dark, but that he'd be too ugly. And, you know, we are. let me just say this. I'm not a racist, (laughs) but a child cannot be black and a redhead (laughs) simultaneously. They have to pick one struggle. I mean, that is, I I suppose that is a fair point that you're you're bringing up. But I will ask, how how do you feel about you know, maybe sort of a purplish, sort of Prince Philip-esque skin? Like, is that still sort of acceptable for the royal family? Or is there some sort of grey area here I'm missing? I mean, honestly, the reason... The reason that I had a preference for, you know, a pale sort of porcelain complexion was not out of racism, it was out of consistency. Mm. Every child born into our royal family at birth and through most of their adolescence has sort of had the faint look of a possessed doll. And that requires porcelain skin. I'm sorry, but I've never seen a possessed tan doll. Yeah. You've ever seen a horror movie and the possessed doll turns out to be a sort of Latino Barbie? I've never seen it. (laughs) Yeah. That, another another very fair point you're bringing up, um, Lizzie. <laughs> Absolutely. And also because a lot of the wallpaper and you know, paint in Buckingham Palace is white. And on the off chance that the peasants sort of rise up and decide to do a, you know, what the French did, we can sort of get naked and stand uh, against mm. the walls and our, mm. our pale bodies can sort of blend in. But, you know, a little sand baby is going to stand out. Yeah. That's very smart. We think ahead, you know. Yeah, I, I will give you that. That is that is very good. You know, I'm I'm a thinker. I plan ahead. I don't just go to tennis games wearing obnoxiously bright hats. I have a brain. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Lizzie, so much for joining us, so much for sort of airing sort of a little bit of your side of the story, giving us some more insights, more information on your thoughts. So I guess, Lizzie, if you have any any parting words for us before you you head back to Buckingham Palace? Well, you know, after visiting this country, I can just say, on behalf of all British people, good riddance. Goodbye. All right. Well, that was um, that was the queen, everyone. She's sort of hobbling out right now as we're as we speak. Um, She's sort of limping but not really and she's uh when she stood up she sort of tucked in some sort of tail um appendage into sort of the back of her um bright like pastel blue dress suit um so that's a little strange but i saw a bit of her her back which was uh, i mean like a 
a patchwork quilt yeah. of uh, varicose veins. Yeah, so that was a little a little concerning, but I'm glad you know she's she's out and about and she's sort of doing her her apology tour, sort of slurping up any tea that that was spilled by Megan and, and Oprah. So she's hoovering it up. The tea yeah. was spilled, but she she swiftly came in and yeah. dabbed dabbed that little puddle. Yeah. Um, you know, prior to seeing how. Um, bitter and sort of callous she is mm-hmm. um i'd hated the royal family but now i'm i think i might be a royalist yeah i'm kind of kind of wanting to sort of rewatch all of the royal weddings that have been televised the republic can die let's go back <laughs> to an absolute monarchy yeah i'm kind of a fan of it now this has been um an unbearably british portion of the podcast yeah it's exhaust they do drain you yeah in order to um inject vitality and life Mm -hmm. back into our little meeting today i think that it is probably a good idea if we moved on to a section that we introduced in the first episode Mm -hmm. called things i love yeah and for me it um is children and overly ornate halloween costumes that their mom put Mm. them in there was one i saw that was like um it was one five-year-old uh, and then the other one was like one or eight or something. And they uh, were like Vincent Van Gogh and A Starry Night. Yeah. So one of them was a painting. One of them was Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, and it was very intricate, very detailed, very good. And it was beautiful because you know that this mother ruined her children's <laughs> Halloween so that she could have a great photo yeah. to put on her Facebook or her Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And those children were like mommy we just wanted to be spider-man that's all we wanted and she was like shut up shut up and stand there yeah mommy needs to go viral yeah and i love that those are like the same moms that that are like pta president that you know bring the the orange slices and the fruit snacks to soccer every week Mm. they they do the most you know i i love halloween the greatest holiday Mm. what was your best halloween memory Wow. Um, I feel like Halloween for me is always, I have like mixed feelings towards it. And I think it was because when I was younger, you know, a little, a little tyke walking around the neighborhood. I remember we went to, cause my brother and I were sort of trick or treating around the neighborhood being cute little siblings. And we went to this, this one house of like these people that were like super close to us, super friends with, they're great. Right. So we go in there. She like invites us in. We're chatting it up. And then like as we're about to leave, we just see sort of in sort of the street, there's this one girl wearing a wedding dress, just like walking by herself, you know, no little bucket, no pillowcase. And when I say girl, I mean like more like young lady. Like she was definitely like high school age, like definitely oh. like 17 years old. Like she, she probably like had a driver's license. <laughs> no, so this was like a young woman walking around in a wedding dress. And like as she was passing the house across from the one where we were, the lights just started flickering. I was like, I'm in a horror movie right now. I think... I'm about to get kidnapped. I'm about to get possessed. I'm going to start walking on all fours like the, what is it, the girl from the ring or whatever. The exorcist. Like, yeah, when they start hopping on the walls and stuff. Yeah. I was so, so scared. And I think ever since then, I have been always a little, a little scared of Halloween and a little, a little nervous about it. 
Regarding the lights, you ever think that maybe it was like a neighbor that was um, like on a sex offender's list and he couldn't come out because <laughs> of all the children, so he was like sending messages? Yeah, like a little Morse code, happy yeah. Halloween, I do have candy. Like, Yeah, and he knows the kids who understand the Morse code are, one, the quiet types, which are yeah. easier to prey on. Yeah, the best targets for him. Very strategic. Maybe I shouldn't be giving out. Yeah, we're giving out tips. All too. my secrets. What I meant, um, details, um, ideas. Um, yeah. Just hypothetical things that we haven't yeah, thought about or done that before. I have done and will continue to do. Yeah. Um, well, that was lovely. Yeah. Thank you for that little nugget of your memory. Yeah. What do you love, Rachel? Wow. Well, I'm I'm a big fan of like people watching. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you can you can relate to this people watching thing. But I, there's like almost always, because I live, you know, off of like a, a busy, a busy highway, a busy road. So there's like always construction happening. And I will just park my little tush in front of the window and just stare out and watch the people walking by. I watch the construction workers working and I find it so entertaining to me. Because my, see, my, I live on the 13th floor, so I have, like, a very good view of sort of the, the surrounding area, except for the giant other tower of apartment buildings that is directly across from me. So I see, like, little slivers of life on either side of that building, and that really just keeps me going. I can understand that. I enjoy, like, people watching during, during a party is fantastic. Yeah. Um, because I've, I've been to many, because I'm very popular. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for asking. But I like sitting on a couch and then, because, oh my God, the the awkwardness that is in a party of any kind, it doesn't matter what age, it doesn't end in middle school, it doesn't end in high school. It is, you will see this with people who are like in their 40s and 50s, (laughs) where there's this like, oh, should I talk to people? Should I be by myself? Should I be there? Like there's that awkward tension and I love seeing someone try to like wiggle their way into another conversation. And it's so <laughs> apparent that the the two who are talking to each other are like, can we help you? But <laughs> yeah. they still try. They still make that effort. And then they eventually sort of shuffle their feet. And then they like go back to the corner that they came yeah. from. And I love, I love witnessing it. Because they made an effort. They failed miserably. But they tried. Yeah. And then I always love like... You see, like, the same guy being like, oh, let me go get another drink. Mm-hmm. And it's like, your your cup is full. Right. You just needed an excuse you to You just leave. need to fidget with something. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So awkward silences. Oh, mm. the best. Yeah. It's just a silence. It doesn't have to be awkward. I do like that. I like it when uh, if you're, um, if you're meeting with someone and the conversation just stops and I stare directly into their eyes. And they're like, what are you doing? And I say, no, 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 no. Shh. Let it happen. <laughs> Let it happen. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I said, it's happening right now. And they don't know what I mean by that. They think it's like deep and spiritual, but it's just that I'm like stealing their wallet when they're not looking. <laughs> yeah, you're one of those like magician guys that like like puts a spoon right? up and then they steal your watch. Smoke and mirrors, baby. Smoke and mirrors. Nice. Um, the weather has changed. Good lord, we're so old. We're like yeah. the, the weather and the, it feels it's like the humidity that killed you. Yeah, it is nice out though. Like I love 
going outside. The weather's warm because I hate since we live in Maryland, like the weather. I mean, we live in an undisclosed location. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, <laughs> we live in an underground bunker. Wink, wink. Um, but, you know, in Maryland here, the weather changes so quickly. I never know what to wear. So that's another thing. I'm like, the construction workers just have their T-shirts on. Okay. It's, you know, it's not a fuzzy crock type of day. I can go out and enjoy myself, give my little hot dog legs some air. Beautiful. I love that the construction workers are like your version of like um, a groundhog. (laughs) Yeah. Where they determine like if it's winter yet. They tell me what to wear. (laughs) That's lovely. Um, I'm sorry. I nearly, I nearly... Thought you were gonna say you were gonna wear your fuzzy Crocs. Oh yeah, I mean I am a big fan of the fuzzies, but had to let the toes breathe today. I've seen Crocs that have heels. Yeah, would you ever do that to yourself? I've tried them on in the Croc store before. There's a photo of me that exists where I'm wearing Crocs heels. It was all okay. I because I've tried on like heels before more as a tee because i'm not really i'm not like crystal that we had on earlier you know i can't do the the big huge heel yeah. i can't do that but i have tried them on before and the crocs heels comfiest things i've ever worn i would say that in order for me to wear heeled crocs i would need all my shoes to not only disappear but the <laughs> floor would have to be acidic yeah. and i would wait until <laughs> Like, my flesh was completely raw and bare <laughs> before I, I was, like, hand them over. Yeah. But then once they fused to, like, my melted skin, <laughs> I would, um, I'd rock them. It'd be like, you know when Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, we had those permanent spray-on shoes? Yeah. I'd have shoes um, for life, True. and I'd wear them to fancy gigs, like the White House Correspondence Dinner. Mm. Just the shoes buck naked and my hair would be covering my torso adam and eve style and then the rest would just be um regular nudity well that's fun yeah i hope y'all can visualize that at home uh should we we send a little picture out (laughs) uh maybe next episode so we talked about um politics all this all the time Mm -hmm. because we're experts on it and we we know things Mm, yeah uh, like Mm -hmm. cpac which was a convention for people who call themselves conservatives and it was held two weeks ago i think i have no concept of how time works um and it was of course in the classiest of all places that's right Orlando, Florida, which is, I think, second to Tampa um, in terms of, like, just more, you know, most pristine, Mm -hmm. best representative of the uh, what's good about this country. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. And we both watched the whole thing. Yes, yes. From the the very beginning to the very end, all um, undisclosed amount of hours. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And all the ads... We saw all the all the ads for my pillow and um, therapeutic yeah. shoes, yeah. and you know Activia, the, those yogurts <laughs> that help you with your bowel movements. We yeah, saw and all a of lot them. of sunscreen ads too. A lot of sunscreen ads. Uh, a lot of um, ads talking about like medications where like the side effects are listed when uh, while like women wearing cardigans walk down a pier. Yeah, yeah. And they go to the beach with their husbands. Mm-hmm. We saw all of them. Yeah, and we would like to share some of. Probably the best excerpts yeah. from these 
moments. And we um, decided to give you guys the best excerpts yeah. from, I would say, the three best speeches. Yeah. And these are real quotes. We would never lie to you. Never. Unless we were getting paid, and we're not. Mm-hmm. One of our first quotes that we pulled here, one, one thing we found memorable was from uh, the Big Mac Daddy himself when he showed up, Mr. Donnie T. He was, he was trying to address some rumors regarding how he amassed his fortune. And he decided to clear all of the false allegations up. And he stated, and I quote, Time out. Hold up. Hold up, sweetheart. Let's get it together before you want to read. I don't have a sugar daddy, sweetheart. Everything that I have, I've worked for. And I worked for it to get and I built myself. So you need to know that 100%. I don't have a sugar daddy. I've never had a sugar daddy. If I wanted a sugar daddy, yes, I probably could go out and get one because I am what? Sickening. You could never have a sugar daddy because you are not that kind of girl. Baby, everything I've had, I've worked for and I've gotten myself. I built myself up from the ground up. Effing B. Wow. And then he threw a cocktail in um, <laughs> someone's face. Yeah. It was the lady that uh, that talks all loud and funny when because in like one part of the the conference she was like for America for all of Americans yeah. and it was like what like that that is not English yeah it's it was talking. like ma'am sit down I'm the loud blonde with big tits here <laughs> yeah he wanted to be center stage yeah so of course he was like the big basic like the big yeah the the one everyone was waiting to hear however there were a lot of great quotes yeah. that came from kind of. People, Republicans like lower on the tier of success and likability. Yeah, like Ted Cruz, I know. He had his little weird, weird attempt at like a, a comedy set that was just sort of like word slurring that, that just got kind of personal toward the end, a little almost frightening. Yeah. But uh, we'll go ahead and read sort of uh, one of the quotes that we thought was, was definitely memorable, good to share. So uh, Ted Cruz said, I'm a naughty little boy. So naughty. I just made a poopy in my pants. He, he, he. Don't tell my mommy. She thinks I am potty trained, but I am not. Want to see my dimples? They aren't on my face, though. <laughs> okay, I see security walking over to me. Have a cursed night. Wow, it's like he was here. <laughs> Great quote from Ted Cruz. I can really hear that Texas spirit in, mm. in the poopy in my pants part really, really came through. Oh my god, uh, this this podcast episode is getting a little dirty, I might add. Um, but, I mean, it's going to get a little bit dirtier. Mm. Because the last quote that we're going to read here from Senator Lindsey Graham, um, where he was very kindly sort of gave a reminder at the end of the conference for the people that were there, but specifically the other Republican senators mm -hmm. um, and congressmen and women. And he stated, uh, and I quote, Remember, y'all, you gotta pay the streetwalkers in cash. I tried to pay mine with a check, and now I'm being blackmailed. <laughs> it really is a scary time for men everywhere. Wow. I can't believe we that actually an got audio the file. actual audio yeah. from the conference for that it's last incredible. one. That was That cost us a lot in licensing, but I definitely think it was worth it. He's a real southern belle. Yeah. So if you have not watched the um, the CPAC full, like, live filmed version, um, yeah. don't. Because uh, we just gave you the only synopsis that you will ever need. Yeah, these are these are sort of the, the main important highlights, the main takeaways we got from it. So we're sort of like the Cliff's Notes version of, like, the whole the whole conference. So I think, I think if you listen to this, then you're good to go. Mm -hmm. And that's all we got to say on that. 
Tune in next week for another episode. See you later. The Boardroom with Sarah and Rachel is a production of Rails Comedy Network. The Boardroom is produced by Walker Green and edited by Rachel Nicewander. Stephen Duransky is our graphic designer, and our theme music is by Doug Maxwell and MediaWrite Productions. You can follow us on Instagram at Boardroom Podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to The Boardroom on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Like, comment, rate, and review. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Solicit us. We'll take anything.